tuning in to a new episode of Why Theory. I, as always, am Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by Todd McGowan. Todd, how are you, buddy? Hi, Ryan. I'm good. So, Excellent. You're not feeling, uh, not feeling cynical at all? I am not feeling cynical. No, okay. <laughs> Very good. So today, uh, today's topic uh, comes, we've talked about this a lot. This is like a big, it's a big thing for me. I think this is uh, one of my... Um, uh, touchstones for for reading Lacan, and it's, it's it's something that I keep coming back to when I think about uh, the contemporary political landscape. Um, is, uh, is cynicism? We talked about it a little bit in the conspiracy theories episode. It's we've you know sprinkled it in other podcasts, but uh, this episode uh, is going to um, develop a, a, a little bit this uh, phrase of Lacan's that the non duped air uh, air e r r. Uh, as in commit an error. Um, I think it's E-R-R-E-N-T. In fr- oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in, in English. In English. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, in English. Um, and we're going to develop, uh, so this is going to be kind of a hybrid episode of the, the Lacanian aphorisms and then like a more regular political one, I think, because we're not going to talk about the seminar from where this, uh, so much where this phrase comes from, but uh, just what the... Although we should say it's seminar 21, if anyone wants to run out and read it in French because it hasn't been translated into English. It is so funny that the, the spotty, uh, you know, officially sanctioned uh, translations, maybe something to talk about another time with him, but another time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to, I'm going to give an initial uh, definition. This is the one that I do about like how to define cynicism. And then um, we're going to complicate it uh, through Lacan and through um, historical uh sources like the development of cynicism as an idea uh and then where we see it uh operating today and you know what the um the what what political force it has and where it's most operative so for me that sounds good yeah, yeah thanks, sounds man. good yeah yeah for for me when i talk about cynicism the way that i define it uh sometimes when i teach is that uh people a lot of times conflate uh being cynical with being pessimistic you'll hear this Totally, like like socially, it's like to to think that something uh, bad is going to happen is like oh you might hear someone say oh that's that's cynical you're being cynical and I like to kind of take that common uh, par- you know uh, approach to the word and say that pessimism is expecting the worst but cynicism is needing the worst and that's the 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 key difference that I think we're gonna. Um, seize on uh but you 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 want to add something to that i do want to add i want to say one thing first i like that contrast that you work out and i would say every time i get on a plane i say to the person next to me do you think we're going to crash and they're they're like and oftentimes they'll say interestingly why are you first of all they're superstitious and they think yeah oh my god you said i didn't think that you know you've caused us to crash right right um but I, of course, think it's the opposite. That if you articulate it, then you have it. It's a reverse effect. <laughs> so, because I understand that God is the God of the signifier, and so everything is is flipped upside down. So anyway, but they oftentimes the person has said to me, "Why are you so cynical?" Yeah. Okay. And so they would be misunderstanding precisely your definition of right. the term cynical because I'm just being pessimistic. Yeah, and flip. And yeah, yeah. So that's good. Anyway, so yeah, what I would add is that I think cynicism is a, it starts with a desperate attempt to avoid conformity, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then it ends up making evident an investment in the very authority that it tries to avoid. Right. Yes. Because I think cynics really feel like they're avoiding the trap of authority that they see other people fall, the non-cynical fall into, or the non-duped to use Lacan's term. So I think they really think that they're, they're the ones that they see the truth. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be important for what we're going to talk about right. later, that they see the truth and they're not, they're not duped by the fiction. They're not, they're not the, the subject of the fiction in the way that other people are. Yeah. But, I think the ultimate point is that they actually need the thing that they think that they're rejecting even more than the people that obey it blindly, which is, I think, a fascinating thing. That cynicism is actually a greater investment in symbolic power Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. than just pure, straightforward obedience. Totally. It's like, think about, like, too cool for school. Like, 
you, you know, like, I think that's, that's a great, uh, cynical phrase. The too cool for school person. Like, I, I think it's a great, it's a great phrase because it encapsulates the, uh, the, the logic. Like, uh, we'll just, let's just take, let's just take it literally is as in like, you know, not showing up to classes, right? Like, you know, we all went, to, you went to high school with those people who like, yeah. they barely, barely showed up. They didn't, uh, they didn't take, uh, school very seriously or like the, um, you know, like the smoking in the bathroom or like behind the, or behind <laughs> the school. And it's sort of yeah. like, imagine, so, okay, just imagine all of that behavior, but like they're, they're not students, in high school like what like you're just like what are what are you like you like you're a total conformist well well yeah and well i mean you just you need that you need the the school for that to seem edgy at all um and it's just it's just not like i mean you're like if uh if you're actually too cool for school like that this is the thing right there's a difference between you can kind of see it as like uh like being like, you know, not listening to teachers and just like not not doing your homework like that's cool. But dropping out is not cool. Right. You know, and you can kind of see. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. you can see. I agree. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just like you can see that 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 edge there. And and what that um and the reason why that edge is there is because you need that uh that symbolic authority. Uh, present like you need you need school for any of that activity to have any kind of consistency or or meaning uh much more than the like goody two-shoes student like that person needs the school no it's so absolutely right ryan and i think i think you even hit i i almost think that phrase is the perfect logic for our epoch of cynicism right because it embodies both things at once too cool Mm -hmm. which seems like it's radical Okay, for school, that's the symbolic authority that's being rejected, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, and but yet needed. But cool, like what? What is cool except obedience to a different symbolic authority? Right, right, that is right. the authority of popularity, right? Which is even when you're in high school, you know, like there's the official school authority mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the much more demanding conformity to popular authority right right? like that like that authority and so Mm -hmm. when you're being too cool you're capitulating on the one Mm -hmm. hand and you're disobeying on the other so i i I really like that i think that really that phrase i think almost perfectly captures that paradox of excessive obedience and excessive disobedience Mm -hmm. you know against on the one side but then obedience on the other side absolutely and this so i think this makes a a nice uh transition into the non-duped air so like the way the too cool for school person acts is they are affecting uh not being duped you know like oh like you think you think the bell means something, right? And like, I mean, right. you know, like, oh, you, so you, you know, you just, you're conforming, like you're just going to go to class, like a, whatever, like a factory worker, right? Like, like, and you think your teacher is the foreman, you know, I mean, that is the Amer- American right. school setup is basically that. Right. Um, but, you know, right. like the, so that. Or like you think the teacher, you, you, you believe that education really can change things. (laughs) That it matters that, yeah, yeah. That it matters that you can really, you know, like we could go through this whole education process and we're still going to be, I mean, think about it. Someone whose life really is predetermined to be stuck in a factory and they say, you know, and they're the ones who look to their, their classmates and say, you're all duped because this education doesn't mean anything. We're just all headed straight to the factory anyway. Right, right. Why are you invested in it? Right. But of course, if everyone did get educated, mm-hmm. then the whole class setup would be different, right? So there is, I mean, so so there's a way in which believing in the fiction is the thing can, that can actually lead to the toppling of, in some way or form, mm-hmm. the toppling of the symbolic authority. Yeah, that's really nice because what you're like, because what you'd be like, quote, rebelling against is actually um an education that just keeps you rooted in the same place at which at which is the thing to rebel against but to imagine that as like education big e like period that's the that's the error right 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 i mean right so so and this is where i think slavoj's notion of 
taking ideology at its word mm. versus cynicism mm. really becomes clear. Like instead of instead of rejecting the education system by opting out of being too cool for school, mm. instead you overconformed to it and hyper educated yourself. Yeah. So that would be a rebellion. It's a rebellion, yeah. right? Because they don't want you. I mean, they don't want you hyper. They don't want you really educated. No, no, no. You, you like, don't want to be better. The know, teachers don't want you smarter than they are. <laughs> it's threatening. No, right. And they don't. They certainly don't want you reading Kant and Hegel after school, <laughs> right? I mean, look. I think some of them, on the one hand, might be like, "Wow, that's amazing," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think they don't want it because it's like or Freud. Like, mm-hmm. there's just too much. The, like the radical radicality of those writers, if you become educated in that, then you're all of a sudden certain things that they're saying you're not, you're not going to accept and yeah. you're going to know why you don't accept. Yeah. Them. Right. No, it's so it's a, um, I mean, this is the, this is what I think is really great about, uh, Slavoj's approach to, um, ideology, which like he's insistent that ideology is not that which is underneath something. It is, it is ideology, like, as you put it, like, it's on the surface. Like, you don't, you yeah. know, and, and I think that this is the, uh, like, the, the too cool for, for school person, the, the, the cynic. You're, like, you know, the, uh, like, the third commenter on, like, every Reddit political post, which is just, like, uh, oh, you think things are going to change? They've been doing this for years. The real, tr- and it's, like, blah, blah, so, you know, like, there might be a good point in there someplace, but, like, you're, what you are actually exhibiting is uh, a dependence on the system staying the, the, the way that it is. And, and anyway, Slavoj, ma- to, to go back to that point, Slavoj makes that nice point in the uh, Pervert's Guide to Ideology that, like, um... Uh, they live. This film is not a, is not a good example of ideology because what happens is this character gets these glasses that allows him to see beneath messages like billboards that uh, for like advertising like beer or, or or whatever. It just says procreate and like this is I I think the what the, how the the cynic approaches. Uh, symbolic spaces that like there are all these like doesn't he like they live? he likes it but he says that it's not like that's not it ideology like to to notice ideology is not to put on these glasses and then suddenly you see the beneath of everything no i i think that's right but i think what he likes about it is that rather than and i think it, this is actually tied to cynicism mm-hmm. i think you're right that it's not just seeing beneath but and it's in some because it's the point of, of seeing or is seeing the contradiction within yeah, ideology, yeah, yeah. not seeing what is hiding beneath. And I think not to pick on our constant boogeyman, Michel Foucault, but <laughs> Foucault is the, is the, he doesn't believe in ideology, of course, but he does think we always have to look at what's lying beneath of the official discourse. Which right, is fascinating for someone really who does not believe in hermeneutics of suspicion to want right, to right, look in right, some sort of beneath. Right, but anyway, right. yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, he sees exactly what, like, you think you're fighting all these little struggles, but oh, no, no, no. What's really going on is the history of power. Yeah, right. It's determining all this stuff. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, I always found it fascinating. I sorry, I, I, I could go on a diatribe against Foucault on his second bonus, but I always found it fascinating that he was involved in struggles for prison reform. Yeah. When the whole point of discipline and punish is, as prisons become less harsh that's at they become more disciplinary mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so shouldn't he be shouldn't his reform be let's to let's make prisons like harsh severe violent <laughs> i mean that's, i just always felt like that was a real contradiction but some Foucauldian well luckily they're not they wouldn't be listening to, to this podcast Pro- so that's right. not, but yeah. no i i just just to come back to the to the they live i think slavoy's point about that was one thing that he liked about it so i agree about the ideology but Seeing through ideology wasn't taking off the glasses, mm-hmm. but putting them on. And I think that is a key idea of this Wait, did you, non-duped air. Did you mean because did you mean that the other way around? Like I probably yeah, did. Yeah. It, seeing through ideology is putting on glasses, not taking them off. Okay. Um, because did I say no? No, you said it the same way twice. Yeah. I okay. Okay. No, I meant it that okay, way right. because the point is if you if. Ideology is not like a pair of glasses that we're watched looking through. Mm-hmm. And then if we take them off, we see things as they really are. Mm-hmm. You need some kind of lever, some kind of mechanism mm-hmm. for allowing you to see 
how ideology functions. Like you can't, and, and that's like putting on some, like for instance, Hegelian theory. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of glasses you have to put on to see how ideology functions, right? Like, and I think the main premise of not just 20th century thought, because I think that's true from Husserl onward, phenomenology, but I think contemporary thinking is you take, we got to take all our glasses yeah, yeah. off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to see how things really to are. To remove the pretense, I, right? To be able to see the real To remove truth. the fiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To remove the fiction, yeah. right? I think that's, and I think that's directly what you were just saying. Like this rejection of the symbolic fiction as a lie that we can get beyond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, can, we can peel it away, mm-hmm. peel away the layer of the fiction and get to what's really real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and this is the, uh, I mean, and this is like the, I think the maybe uh, rephrasing Lacan's phrase makes it a little bit easier here is that you, what he's, it's the non-duped error. What he's saying is that you have to be duped. You you must be duped, you know, by the, uh, by the symbolic fiction. And I mean, like Slavoj's on this point too, is that like you can't, um, you cannot think yourself outside of ideology and be able to critique it like you, you know like there is no like uh, there's no outside um <clears throat> space there because th- it's it's to me like i think a good example of this is like um uh how suspicious one is about uh, to someone who follows the rule like the law to the letter of the law and doesn't obey like the right. social rules of the, that that that, right. that surround something like when i worked at walmart like there there is um the, okay so the law okay is that you can only use your uh measly 10 percent discount card uh when you're off the clock but if you're working like a nine hour shift you get two 15 minute breaks and people would normally buy snacks and use the the discount card um but they weren't allowed to right but everyone did it it was it's just fine right right? because that because the law was you don't do it but the rule is just like yeah it's totally fine because you're not buying like a giant tv and taking like a half hour of like other people's time but like load it in your truck or whatever like that's the whole like that's the whole point um so the anyway uh when i uh no so isn't isn't your i I love that example because of the relationship between symbolic law Mm -hmm. and a series of rules. Yeah, right, right. That the the non the the cynic rejects the symbolic law, mm-hmm. obeys the series of rules, which ends up supporting the symbolic law. Y- yeah, right. Yeah, like in yeah, the yeah, end, yeah. because if say Walmart is the source of the symbolic <laughs> right, law, right, right. yeah, the little the following the the social rule that that contravenes the law yeah. is actually ultimately in support of the law because mm-hmm. people wouldn't. They'd be like, I'm not going to work at Walmart anymore. They, those scum, they wouldn't even let me take my 10% discount when I was on a break. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, and I, I think um, it's uh, it's funny. It's funny because the, the so the example. I want to. I wonder what you think about this. I was actually. I'm not going to make the, the not the opposite point, but the I when I switched stores, I um the, the there was someone who would who would not allow me to to be rung up for like a bag of Funyuns while I was on like on the clock. And I was, Amazing. I was like, why? Amazing. I was like, why not? I was like, why not? And, and, and he was like, I could get fired. I was like, you're not going to get fired. I was like, 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 and so anyway, this is maybe ends up making sort of like a side point, but for, for me, that person for like obeying the, for obeying the, the letter of the law and not seeing the, the rule, that was the only way that that gave that like our meaningless jobs meaning is that the chance that any time that they could mess up, that they, they could be fired for it. Like the, the, the tiniest uh, indiscretion could, would be punished. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly they're just invested in the law of Walmart. Yeah. The, right. Like, the, I mean, I think, I think, right. I mean, I think the point is that the opposite of cynicism is not a hyper investment in the law. No, right. You know right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's, uh, so that's right, good but, to, to set up too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like I, I do. I do want to just rehearse the yeah, go ahead. the history of cynicism oh, yeah, yeah. because it's it's sort of it to me it's very interesting the way that it maybe is different and maybe is or maybe foreshadows what we're dealing with today. So cynicism begins with Antisthenes in Greece, so before Plato, 
And then its main most famous practitioner was this guy named Diogenes. Mm-hmm. And he supposedly wrote a ton of stuff, but none, none survives. And he just survives in anecdotes about him. This other guy, no relation to him. Diogenes Laertes mm-hmm. wrote a, wrote this lives of the philosophers where he recounts a lot of what Diogenes did. And mm-hmm. some of the things he did, and Plato and Aristotle talk about him somewhat, but some of the things he did are, are interesting. So he lived, supposedly lived in a barrel <laughs> often appeared naked in public, mm-hmm. ma- freely masturbated in public, mm-hmm. uh, would never obey the, the reg- regulations of Athenian society. Like he would track mud into people's house. He would, you know, right, he just didn't, right. he didn't care about any of that stuff. So theoretically, mm-hmm. I mean, that, right, was his, right. that was what he was doing. So what's, so that's interesting, I think, in and of itself, because I think, it's tempting to say, well, there's someone who really, he didn't just cynically reject the authority and then conform. Right. He cynically rejected the authority and he really disobeyed. Mm-hmm. Like he really, like clearly you're not, they had laws against public masturbation, right, right. one would assume. And, and, uh, and he just, he just rejected that. So, so that is, I think it, it is of a different order maybe than the contemporary situation where I'm cynical and yet I'm still doing all the very things that the symbolic authority demands. Yeah. Right? I think, well, what I see, what, or maybe not, I don't know. Do you, well, what yeah. I, what I like about the, uh, to go back to uh, Diogenes is that like the only, I mean, like this is not to uh, preempt the, um, the Hegel line about this, but like if, if the, uh, if the symbolic authority didn't, exist that he just wouldn't have done any of those things like oh i think that's exactly and, right so and, and, so hegel and, yeah, and, and that's the yeah. and that's the and, well i was just gonna say like you know and th- there's also so like there's the the two things right it's the like the disobedience of the law and the disobedience of the social rules too that if those things were not in place then he wouldn't wouldn't right. do any of those things you know right. uh, excellent yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so so hegel says this is in history of philosophy volume one so he says Something like, he's quoting Plato. And so Diogenes made this famous thing where he was standing in the rain without any umbrella. I don't think they had umbrellas, mm-hmm. but every, and so everyone had pity for him. Mm-hmm. And Plato famously said, if you really want to have pity for him, just go away. Because <laughs> his vanity lies in showing himself an exciting surprise. And if we, if we didn't see him act in this way, the reason would no longer exist. Yeah. So... Yeah. If he didn't have the onlookers right. looking at his defiance, then it would no longer exist. So it is, I think there's a link between cynicism and perversion, mm. just as there's a link between conspiracy theory and paranoia. Right? Yeah. So they, yeah, those yeah. are so that's a little it's a little different. I do think there's a link between cynicism and conspiracy theory, but conspiracy theory is almost one further down the yeah. the line uh, psychically. Then, then, yeah, that'd be really interesting for us yeah. to come up with the topology of the, of, of toward, like, <laughs> like it's cynicism, it's conspiracy theory. Toward psychosis. Yeah, toward psychosis. <laughs> yeah that's interesting. Right. I was just going to say right. that, like, right. um, the, for, to, like, to kind of square the circle on my Walmart example is that that cashier needed everybody to do, to obey the rule for his stubbornness. Right to mean anything at all. Like that's the only reason like, because every, right. because everybody right. else, because everybody else was like, ah, it doesn't matter who cares. That's the, that's the only reason why that person did that. If, 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 Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that, so it was act, you think it was a, ca- a kind of perverse yeah, that's, case of acting. Yeah. Out. That's that was, yeah. Because yeah. it could just be, it could just be obsessive. I mean, it could be just an obsessive, obedience to the law. Yeah. Right? But, the, but I, you think it's perverse. I acting. do. Yeah, I do. Like, and, yeah, and every but this was a this was a thing. I mean, we'll probably have to do a Walmart episode because this this will this mindset was a thing that was uh, not at the store that I worked at. I the, the store that I worked at was in like a um, a country bumpkin town, basically in uh, a no because it's Massachusetts. It's a a marsh laden nowhere town uh, and uh, with bogs uh, all over the place. Uh, and it was, I just saw the same people all the time. It was like, I knew all the customers. It wasn't like a, you know, wasn't, wasn't the giant Walmart that I worked at for six months while the store that I normally worked at was being, um, rebuilt, remodel, they call it. But at that store, that bigger store, there was like a, this was like a, 
a, a strain uh, that that everybody like um, capitulated to the law in 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 such a way that they thought like they, like many many people thought like any tiny uh, indiscretion would get them fired, but they did not they wouldn't have been happy to be fired from well so there's that but then there was also the so that's i think that idea is fine if it's coupled with like to go back to slavoy's idea of over conformity like if you think if you think that any indiscretion is going to get you fired then that means you know you only come in at exactly the time that you're supposed to and you leave at exactly the time that you're supposed to these these are kind of the same people where at least when I was working there, you were allowed to punch in 15 minutes early and leave 15 minutes late. And that, w- that was like a, uh, like a thing that the, that, you know, cause they're getting more labor and more cheap labor, but people would do that too. And it's like, so you're, you're giving them extra and you think that they're going to be extra harsh. <laughs> like it's, it was this. So, yeah. but, but they don't pay you for punching in. Early? No, 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 they do. But the, they do, they do. They do. Yeah. You get, so, and people would, and this is kind of why Walmart stopped it because they thought actually maybe um, in th- there were enough people. This is kind of the thing if for another episode to talk about overconformity is I do think that the idea really, really works when you have th- many, many people doing it because if it's just one person overconforming, I think, right, I, th- then I think it actually ends up being cynical. I think it, it's like we, we had yeah. a, we had a really great, uh, that's really yeah, good. We yeah, had a really, we had a really good comment on our uh, conspiracy theory episode where, um, somebody was, was writing that they grew up in like a, a Christian, uh, household and, or in, in community. And the, the community never addressed the systemic issues because to address the systemic issues means the individual Christian acts like they don't, they don't mean anything like individual acts of charity. Right. Like, so that's, and that's, that's like, the, that is a pretty good example, which is what they depend, which is what on, they depend on so, to have their Christian identity. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's a pretty good yeah. example, I think of, um, of, uh, of, of, of cynicism. Like you keep the system yeah. in place so that you can justify your, your, your little act. But I, so anyway, I just want to continue to square the circle. There were enough people yeah. at my small Walmart that, punched in 15 minutes early and left 15 minutes late that it added up to the point that people were working a half hour more each day and enough people did it that they said you could only punch in five minutes early because they were because it was costing them too much much money money. yeah so i think that yeah so this will totally do an episode on overconformity. i really think it depends on amount i think if it's if it's if it's one person i think it's kind of cynical i think if you know people then i think you you end up changing the system but yeah I agree. That's a really good point. I, I would say this one thing. I, I'm a little worried about doing a Walmart episode because <laughs> I, if your academic career goes south, then where, where do I go? <laughs> I, I know. Where do you where go? I, go? I mean, you have that. I know you've been thinking about falling back on it's, that. It's, uh, you know. Because in a few years, you might be up to store manager. Todd, and then, Sunday is time and a half. All right. Time and a half on Sundays. And on yeah. holidays, it's double time and a half. So. You know, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that, no. that was the always, always, you know, always work on Memorial day. That was the, let's be clear that we are disparaging Walmart and not people that work. At <laughs> yeah. Walmart. I think that that's very, I would, yeah, I would never, I, everybody. Yeah. No, I know. I, I was the one who pretty, did it. Pretty so, lovely yeah. person, so, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, so I think, I think what's nice about that example is it actually fits in with Diogenes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like Diogenes whole project is, this is Hegel's reading of it. Yeah is about buttressing the symbolic authority through the defiance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that really, there's really a way in which that is at work in the Walmart example, like that on both things of the, both ends of the Walmart example. Like. Well, yeah, I mean, cause it, cause this is the difference. It's not like, and, and this is, I just want to be clear here. It, what we're not saying is that like, well, if a bunch of people act cynically, then it changes the system. It's no, 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 no. The movement, to and even the accidental movement, like in my Walmart example, of like uh, of of a collectivity, that is the thing that changes the system, right? So like it was, like accidentally, all of these people who I worked with were doing too much work, and it challenged the system, you know, like the system kind of. Yeah, of, and I think that's a great point. You know, I, I yeah, I don't I I think it's right that, but I also think. Your other point, you just said that cynicism can't be collectivized. Yes, exactly. Yeah, is a really good yeah. point about yeah. it. Like, I almost tempted to say that's the worst part about yeah. it. That it can, it's always these. Like, I know there was a school of cynics mm-hmm. in Greece, but they, in some way, and Diogenes had followers. Yeah. 
but in some way to be a follower of Diogenes was to do was to, to act cynically relative to him. Right, 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 right. Because you couldn't allow yourself to install him as a symbolic authority. So you have this constant seeming overturning of the master that yeah. ultimately is true to the master because you're being a cynic. Yeah. And and this so you're in this constant rebellion that actually serves mastery and i i feel mm-hmm. like that's the and, and you can never collectivize it because because you need belief Co- collectives need belief and cynicism is, is radically mm-hmm. against belief and symbolic fiction and like you like uh yeah right like that i think that 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 cuts that cuts the like the yeah. cynic like because there's there's no cynical project it's just to dis, right. it's to disinvest from the existing system but the only way that like the um the coherence of, of those acts makes sense is if the system stays exactly the way that it is. And, and, and yeah, anyway, yeah, please. Yeah, no, it's a phenomenal point, Ryan, because the, the, I love that idea that the cynic has no project Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because project immediately makes you collectivizable. Yes. Like if you have, like we have a Hegelian psychoanalytic project, right? We're collectivizable. Like we can, other people, we don't, we can, as many people as want to come to lack can come to lack and can be part of our, like there's no external limit to it. And right. we don't, and, and there, if someone said, well, wait a minute, um, my whole point is to overthrow psychoanalysis or my whole point is to constantly be over. Well, then we'd say, well, okay, that's fine. You do your thing, but you're not, you can't be, there's no possible collective of that. Yeah. But if yeah. you have a belief in, let's call it, psychoanalytic dialectical psychoanalysis yeah. or something just so we just, can not avoid using, yeah. naming a master yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like i think that that if you have that belief then you can that's the for that's the basic premise or the basic foundation for a collective a collective deform right 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 i think that's totally it's totally true because the like you and this is the this is the, the idea is that like if you're um if your politics always needs a like a master to defy because that's how you know you're right because you're defying some sort right. of thing that I, I mean that I mean we've talked about this with um uh, with different kinds of political movements is that like like you the the change in the system does have to become the situation and that has to be like that has to be good enough like you can't have you can't keep going against it otherwise it's just like an endlessly hysterical kind of project which which like lapses into to cynicism so it there there has to be um there has to be a i guess i'll put it this way there has to be a signifier that you believe in uh, like at at some point like there there has to be there has to be a period that ends the sentence that you're comfortable with because you you, now you can't always be like overturning the 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 grammar right no i absolutely agree I absolutely agree. I think it's a great point. The only thing I would just add is a slight yeah. thing is that it, I think you believe in the signifier, but you also see, and I think this separates it from say fundamentalist Christianity, which certainly believes in its master signifier, right, right. right? But you, you also see the insubstantiality of that signifier. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think that is the diff. I think that's what, Hegel and psychoanalysis. I'm just going to say Hegelian psychoanalysis, but that of course doesn't exist. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, but you know that. I mean, Hegel's idea that subject or substance is subject. Mm-hmm. I think, and 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 Lacan's idea of the the impotence of the master, the phallic signifier. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like those two things are the same, and understanding the impotence of that or understanding the insubstantiality of that signifier is crucial. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to me like the basis. And again, that separates, I think the belief in a possible collective project yeah. or even an individual project. I think it has to be both. Um, that's what separates it from cynicism and also what separates it on the other side from any kind of fundamentalist program. Yeah. Cause I think, aren't we, aren't we divided today between the cynical liberal group on the one oh, yeah. side and the fundamentalist lunatics on the other side. And, and, 
and the fundamentalists, at least, they believe, they believe in something. Yeah, that's the big difference. We were, t- we were talking about. So there's a way in which they're. I'm sorry, I just. Oh no, no 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 we no I was just saying that we were talking about this in the in the setup that like the the fundamental like the the cynical liberal project is already like in a like one step to compromise. So they don't believe in they don't believe in the truth of what they're doing. Like like the the in in a um in a radical way. So they they're all they're like the liberal is always willing to um to compromise to to like well let's just try to meet the lower goals of the paris climate accord while the world is on fire you know like yeah let's talk about yeah i totally you know, agree where, with that i totally agree yeah, where the fundamentalist christian is hard line it's like no it's this and we're doing this and like we you know obviously we don't endorse that that viewpoint but that kind of uh zeal for the project is uh, something that's missing from, certainly from the mainstream left. I think that you're starting to see it in progressive circles. But even then, I think sometimes it's a little misdirected, the energy. But I, but yeah, yeah but tell, uh, yeah. Yeah, please jump in. No, I was just going to say, I wonder what you'll think about this. Sure. And maybe, I, I mean, I come from this, so maybe you're saying I'm going to return to my roots. <laughs> but I feel like we're closer, our, our camp, whatever that is, sure. is closer to the, you know, leftist, egalitarian uh, psychoanalytic dialectic camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're closer. That's too many, too many, <laughs> too many terms. Feminist, <laughs> yes. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All those yeah. things. Um, but I think we're closer to fundamentalism mm-hmm. than to liberalism. Yeah. I think that, I wonder what you think about that. I really feel like because of that, precisely because of that belief idea yeah. and that you have to believe. And I think it's, I think you could easily more easily Maybe this is crazy. <laughs> Maybe I think you could more easily convert from fundamentalism to the psychoanalytic dialectical belief in a collective pro- or whatever. Interesting, Todd. I, than from the liberal position. I think that you're right, and I'm going to say this because this is the important thing: is that um, it's it is the the to believe in a big other, but with a real. As in, and yeah. to believe in a big other and also uh, the, the impotence of that, right? Like, that's right. the psychoanalytic difference. It's like, it's the, um, and, and this is like, um, like a lot of Lacan's project is about this, is, is about the um, the end of analysis. When does analysis end? And it's this, it's, uh, it's the movement from uh, you have to think that the person who's analyzing you knows you better than you know yourself. You have to think that, or they have something to tell to you. Start. You have to think that to, to start. start. And then right. it's over when you realize that's not true. Like, like there's, right. n- right. there's, there's right. Yeah. so the, right. So the analyst is D supposed to exactly. know. Exactly. The subject's um, supposed to know. Right. Like that's, yeah. Right. And you have to, right. you have to right. think that at first or else the relationship doesn't work. And then you have to move beyond it. But then I think this is where cynicism comes in, but n- not to just like sit in your chair, like smoking a doobie and being like, yeah, there's no subject supposed to know. So like, what's, what's no, the point? Because yeah. <laughs> I think then you really believe yeah. like, yeah, that's true. once you, once you see that the analyst doesn't know or that the master is impotent or that whatever, or that the, the signifier is insubstantial, then you can really believe yeah. because yeah. you can see it was, and I think this is the move from in Christianity from God to Christ to Holy spirit. Mm. Like then you can see that where, you know, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Like that's, I think mm-hmm. that's desupposing of God to know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is, you know, you know what I mean? Like that it's all of our collective energy that makes up this thing we called God. Yeah, right. Well, it's more like the. Force, I mean, obviously, right? no like fundamentalist. Star- Sorry, it's God. more like the Force from Star Wars at that point, right? Like the this energy that yeah. binds. Them. Yeah, I mean, I know except like it doesn't. It I think uh, I don't yeah, know. Fine, I, fine. I mean, they doesn't Star Wars see? I mean, doesn't the Force sort of exist whether you believe in it or not? I think well I, I, you know what i don't want to get in, i don't want to get to the minutiae of star wars so i think i let us down yeah let's okay yeah no i think we'll have a whole do a whole yeah. episode on star wars that'll we've be we've already done one horrifying. do you remember that no let's keep it repressed okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but i want to talk about just one a couple other quick things sure. so um the 
the title of Lacan Seminar 21, Le Non Du Père, mm-hmm. and I think this ties totally into what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. So in French, it obviously means and sounds like the non-duped heir. Mm-hmm. But if you say it really fast, it's Le Non Du Père, which also which sounds like it doesn't look like it sounds like the names of the father. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's the point is that the non-duped reject the name of the father. They right. reject that initial signifier. And yet they clearly obey it because the very fact of speaking suggests that you respect and obey the master signifier to some extent. Mm-hmm. Right? right, right, right. So I think that's, I find, I just think that little addition is crucial because it makes sense of what the way in which uh, the relationship between symbolic law mm-hmm. And cynicism, or the belief that the that you can avoid the symbolic fiction. Right, right, right. Which, like, I mean, this is you. You need to be caught up in it, right? Like, this is the um, and and you. That's that's to go back to the to Slavoj ideology. That's your lens, right? That's your your right. That's your no, absolutely. That's your framework for interpreting the surface, and 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 for being able to um, see how ideology works is like you, you need, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So you have to initially, I love this idea that you have to initially, that you only see how that you can only see how the fiction fails. And I think this comes back to your, they live example yeah. that it, you can only see how the fiction fails by investing yourself in the fiction and then paying attention to what you also earlier said, paying attention not to just the symbolic functioning, but also the real disruption of that symbolic right, functioning. Right, 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 right. That, and I think it's important to think of the difference between real and reality. Mm. Here. Like the, the cynic thinks, I see the reality beneath the fiction. Whereas the psychoanalytic aware person says, no, I see the real within the symbolic fiction, not beneath the symbolic fiction, but precisely within it. Yeah. yeah. That the inextricable, you know, this is a, that's like a really excellent point. The, um, part of, uh, cause I think I, I think I sometimes, uh, f- frequent the, um, the grimier parts of the internet than you do. Um, I think, you uh, yeah, do. yeah. Um, that <laughs> especially porn sites. I just yeah. Especially say. the grimier, uh, of German pornography. But, uh, but the, yeah. um, the, there is a part of, uh, flat earth, um, it, it, uh, like the thing, part of the, one of the things that supports flat earth earthers is, um, NASA is apparently, this is something that they think I saw this somewhere that NASA is a Hebrew word that means lies. And the, uh. and I saw, I saw someone recount like their friends who be, has like converted, like it, if such a thing is possible to being, uh, to being flat earthers. And what they said is real eyes see real lies. And I think that is exactly this point. That's great. Isn't that great? That's exactly this reality point that you just made, which is that like, we see, we have the real eyes. We see the, uh, we see the reality when really, uh, really what you are completely missing is, is the real. I mean, we talked about this in conspiracy theory episode too, which is like the, the contingency, the, like the radical contingency that, that, um, is that sews together symbolic experience is like, is the thing that is disavowed and, 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 and not just disavowed, but, but foreclosed in those, in, in, in that kind of thinking. And you have it, I think you have it here too. No, absolutely. Right. I think that's absolutely right. And I think, that I find that example so I mean it's so fascinating because it's so similar mm. to do you know that I don't, you probably have no idea of this so when I I grew up as a Christian fundamentalist mm. and my parents were so they they were they thought rock music was all satanic yeah and they didn't I for some reason and this is probably worse than anything I've ever done <laughs> I liked the rock group Kiss oh <laughs> I've subsequently listened to a few of their songs and it's just it's like it's horrible. <laughs> It's just horrible. I can't even believe I ever listened yeah, to it. Yeah, but you totally, I am I know that you must love the Replacements cover of Black Diamond because it's great. Right. Okay. <laughs> but Replacements are pretty great. Phenomenal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I, my parents were convinced, my mom especially, she was the real lunatic, although she's, I, she's since 
reformed herself. She doesn't listen um, to the podcast. You don't have to say that. No, I know, but no, she, I know, but she has reformed herself. Right. Uh, she's a, she's now a pretty great. Person. Lovely. Um, she was great then, but uh, but she was kind of you know she got caught up in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so she was convinced that Kiss stood for. Do you know what it is, right? Knights in Satan's service. Oh no, I did not know. So that. it's That's just so like good. the NASA thing, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like this idea that the, we. Because, of course, for fundamentalism, yeah. there's a different signifier that they do believe in. Right. But it's the same kind of suspicion against the signifier we're given that is operative in cynicism. That's really, really good. Right, right. It's yeah. it's the, yeah, so that's the... I, I actually now want to say, Ryan, that I do believe that kids, <laughs> when they are nice in the same service, I completely accept the fundamentalists. Yeah, but... <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. I think that... Um, I think that the 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 rock snob in me. I have a book called the Rock Snobs uh, Dictionary. So the rock snob okay. in me wants to validate the the statement that you just made as well. So yeah, I think. Well, I just think I don't even think it's a question of snobbery. You just have to listen to a yeah. couple of the songs and and you realize, you know, when they were burning records, those fun they had the right idea. <laughs> They just maybe burned a copy, like Led Zeppelin shouldn't be burned and Eagles shouldn't be. But don't, don't kiss. Yeah, yeah, don't burn the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah Beatles. No. So, no. yeah. So, although interestingly, yeah. my parents loved, they thought the Beatles really understood music. That was their theory. So, so they were okay. Yeah. That's they were so okay. funny. So, yeah. yeah, you have to have that kind of, um, yeah. you have to have exception. that, yeah, that exception. That's right. To make, yeah. to, 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 to solidify that, um, that sort of fundamentalist belief. That's pretty interesting. Um, I think, uh, yeah. So the, I, mean, I don't want to end it right here, but it'd be really funny if we did like the lesson is burn kiss records, you know, like that. <laughs> burn kiss <records. laughs> um, but I, I think, yeah. I think do people already even know who kiss is, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go out and listen to them. Um, so of course that will be the incentive. Be to the incentive of course, perversely go out and listen to them. But, but anyway. So I think that this, um, what you've, like brought to in this example is um and i and it's in the flat earth one too is that like um the suspicion of all authority which is core to uh to cynicism the suspicion of all authority capitulates to a higher authority which is this um like supposed mainline to truth and the only way that like so uh, people get really bent out of shape about like you can't prove, uh, like, you, you can't prove a flat earther wrong to them. Like, they would just retreat further in their position. You can't prove an anti vaxxer wrong to them. Like, they would just return further into the position. And what the, what they are missing is it's, uh, or I, maybe they, they, they do end up saying this in one way, but I think that they, they, they miss the psychic attachment to it is that you are, uh, like, creating, like, the, uh, uh, a, a correct uh, narrative is just giving more avenues for that person to uh, reject and become cynical because that's, no, absolutely. that's, the, that's absolutely. the point. And what, so what yeah. you miss is the psychic attachment to like just pushing against, like always pushing against like authority. It doesn't matter who the authority is. Like, it's just like, you know, uh, like you're just re- rebelling against it. Like you, you know, you, um, like you would rebel against uh, if Hillary Clinton was president, you'd rebel against Clinton. If you know Trump, you're just like, well, you know, I don't know that he's doing exactly what you know. You're just rebelling against whatever right. that is. Like that's the core of that's the core of cynicism, and no. that the only value is in the people or or ideas that like are in a literal sense avant garde, like in a literal sense pushing against uh, dominant like uh, uh, beliefs, ideas, ways of thinking or ways of living. Like that's the only thing. No, absolutely. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. I mean, I I think, don't you think, so I think the cynicism, the cynic has an ultimate faith in an investment in the, the underlying, the phantasmatic underside of the law while being totally suspicious of the law itself. Yeah. I think that's the interesting. I was wondering what you think about this example. And I think it's maybe one of the most noxious things in contempt in contemporary life. Mm. And that's Facebook. Uh-huh. Like I think, I think people using Facebook and, co- you know, like connecting with other like-minded people who are, you know, they hate Trump, they sure. hate yeah. whatever they, 
they're anti-racist, they're anti-sexist, they're all... The, or the opposite of those things. <laughs> like, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. I mean, but I want to choose the liberal sure, position. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's, I mean, I think the other people might... No, I don't know. I think the conservative probably feel like they're um, disobeying in the same way. Um, but but just by using Facebook mm-hmm. and by liking, I mean, like, <laughs> once you're liking something yeah. online, sorry, you're already, you're invested in the symbolic yeah, yeah. fiction, whether you think you're not, you are or not, you're invested in it. Yeah. I mean, you should never, or commenting or doing any of these things, like tweeting, retweeting, all of that kind of thing seems to me like that's, you may think you're doing some kind of radical act, but that's the exact, I mean, you're using the form, and I think there's a nice kind of form content thing yeah, interesting. at work, yeah. that that cynicism disobeys on the level of content, yes. but on the level of form, it's utterly capitulating. Yes. And I think, really to nice. me, Facebook is just the prime, prime, people get so worked up about it, they get so, and they're so, and people spend so much time, I mean, I almost think the time thing is the fundamental reason why people like it yeah. because it takes up so much time and they complain about yes. it. But of course, yeah. when you're complaining about something, that means you like it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> not always, not always. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, of course, I just thought immediately, like people complain about racism. Yeah, they don't no, like no, no, it. No, so no. it's not always true, but I think a lot of times it's true. Um, so, so I think, the, the way that it takes up the time allows you not to have to go home and read Hegel or Simone de Beauvoir or anything like yeah. that. Right. Like there's this way in which it relieves you from that. And you can, and I know it's interesting because I know a lot of academics even that spend a great deal of time on Facebook. And I feel like that's just a retreat from the act of thinking, which is what you should be doing as an act or the act of reading, which is what you should be doing as an academic. I think that the, the, where the big overlap is there with um, like cynicism as we've been talking about is that the total um, abdication of responsibility. Like I think, yeah. I think that um, that's a, that's a pretty big thing with, uh, with for, for me with cynicism is like, um, you know, to, you know, to, to, uh, to be, to think that scientists are lying to you about uh, climate change is like, that's the best thing for you to not have to do anything like that's, that's right. pretty, that's pretty good. You know, um, that's a, that's a, that's a nice, that's an, that's a nice sauce. That's a good ticket. Or the opposite, the opposite to think we're just screwed because the climate things are too far gone. There's nothing we can do. I actually right. think that's a much that's more, a more dominant position. Uh, yeah. Right. Which is like that sort of borders on, on like nihilism, right? Like there, there's like a, a right. com- there's a comfort in, in that as well, which is like, yeah, no, haven't you read the, the, haven't you read the, yeah. Haven't you read the climate reports and you understand there's nothing we can do. And I think that you, I think you asked me this, um, if there is, if there really is nothing to be done, like, should we do like do anything? And I, like, I'd never thought about it before, but I think especially we should do more. Yes. Especially if there's, if, if there, there's no, there's no chance of reversing the course. Like, like then I I think you of course do that because that's, um, I I think maybe that should be the premise. Yeah. That should premise should be. We're too late, so we have to do everything we, so we can. Have to do, yeah, right, exactly, because that's the I'm, and I don't know which um, moderate Democrat uh, was saying this that like was pushing against um, you know Ilan Omar and and uh, and, and uh, Ocasio Cortez that we that they literally said like we should uh, be focused on achieving. Uh, like incremental progress toward like the, the Paris climate accord uh, uh, change. And it means, so you don't, so that either means one of two things. It means you either actually don't believe climate change is happening or you do believe it. And it's just too inconvenient to do everything. So you kind of want to keep things like just the way that they are. And right. uh, like, I mean, I, I mean, either way, that's a, that's a cynical position. Uh, absolutely to, to adopt and i think that yeah i think that that's like pretty uh pretty dangerous and i yeah you're right i think on the on the liberal side i think that is the the logic that's wor- more worth um criticizing and like the and i and i think that 2016 was a real watershed with the um the capacity for 
social media to um, uh, like deliver this like global change and like connection because it did and it was Brexit and Trump. So, right. you know, and and Macron, and Macron, yeah, Ma- right. Macron, a banker. Macron's an interesting yeah. figure in terms of cynicism, I think, because he started a whole new party on we're going to be the party that's no longer political. Yeah. Like we're just going to be, and I think that's the, there's a real relationship between cynicism and technocracy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the ultimate technocratic candidate. Although interestingly, he married his high school teacher, which is, you know, how how does that fit with technocracy? (laughs) Maybe he was like calculating exactly how he could do it while he was sitting in the car. Um, But I I wonder, I mean, I think that he's an interesting figure. And I think you hear a lot of this, we need to get beyond politics. Right. We need to just, and and I think that's, so I think, again, Ocasio-Cortez is a good counterweight. I mean, uh, her and Bernie and and Warren, I think, to some extent, lesser extent. But I think it was Klobuchar who said that thing. Yeah, I think you're right. You just mentioned, yeah. Yeah. So So who are the... The three people we have to absolutely get out of this thing are Biden, yep. that, guy, that fool from Texas, mm-hmm. and her. <laughs> I think those are the great dangers. But I, I, I so I feel like I feel like that though that the, and I think those three actually represent this because they're all they are are, and isn't this another interesting cynical position today? And and I read it in the Nation by this guy Eric Alterman, okay. who's a left wing. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's a professor. I think he writes a column in the Nation. And his his column said, I voted for Bernie in 2016, but just because I wanted to push Hillary Clinton to the left, not because I really thought he could win. Huh. So already I'm like, OK, well, what you have some compromise. But, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then he says, but it's too dangerous to vote for Bernie now uh. because they'll he'll be destroyed. They already have all the op research on him. We need to nominate a candidate who can win. This is in the nation. Yeah. So it's not like. It's not like uh, the Guardian. I mean, this is yeah. supposedly the premier left-wing yeah. magazine in the United States, and I'm just like, what? I'm so glad I canceled my subscription to the Nation. It's, I mean, yeah. I just couldn't believe that. It's like right, like this thing, I, th- and th- this that is definitely a very big liberal attitude, which is like um, universal health care is like that's too big and it could fail and it'd be a disaster. So it's not even worth trying. So yeah. let's do Didn't, the smaller thing. Didn't Trump teach you anything? It's precisely by going to the end of the line yes. that you can and and really believing yes. that you convince people. I mean, Democrats lost so often or nominated people that might as well have been Republicans like Bill Clinton right. because they thought if we just compromise more, then we'll get in there. But if you do that, you get in there, you end up doing nothing. Do nothing. And this is why Republicans have basically set the agenda since Reagan. Because they, this goes back to the fundamentalist point, doesn't doesn't it? Because it's like there was no on the right. No one ever said like, well, I mean, like, is it possible we could really get this tax cut for rich people over the line? It's pretty <laughs> excessive. We should try. Let's just try a smaller one for the point one. You know what I mean? Like they never, they would right, never right. say that. Never do that. Yeah. No, never. Yeah. No, because they they really believe. Yeah. Even what's interesting is they really believe different things. Yeah. So the fundamentalists really believe one thing. Paul. But even Paul Ryan, he doesn't he really does believe that if you just let capitalism go without the restriction of government, that'll create more prosperity for the world than if we didn't. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think even the even the people that are the most corrupt of the right, they really believe in something. Yeah. Which is and I, which I think is the problem with that movie Vice. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah. the problem is that Kennedy is just it's Kennedy. Huh. God, wow, that's that a that was. great slip. Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, that was I was been saying they're all the same for too long. Yeah, and so, yeah, right, right. Um, but Cheney is presented as just a purely cynical operator yeah. with no investment in any idea. Got it. And I I mean maybe true, but I think what's more interesting is that cynicism is much more a phenomenon of the liberal left of center yeah. not of the right no i think that's in our no it's super interesting I and mean, this goes look one of the things that people say a lot online about trump is that like the reason why he's dangerous is because he doesn't believe anything like he, he doesn't he's wrong doesn't, nah. yeah wrong yeah, no because it's because he, even if he personally doesn't yeah. he articulates the vision of a lot of people who really really do believe yeah. right he doesn't and in fact yeah, no i was gonna say like he doesn't 
I, I said this to you before. Um, he he doesn't Trump doesn't make people racist, but he is the period at the end of the racist sentence and like right. the stuff that the racist believe. Like, you know what? If maybe he maybe he quote doesn't believe those things, um, but he really likes being liked. He's well into that, and he likes being you know rich or at least being seen like it, and he right. likes uh, money. So like those are those are his beliefs. Like that's you can't say they're not. <laughs> right. I mean, accumulation can be a belief. Yeah. I just think it's wrong to think. You know, this is Alain Badu's claim. Yeah. That if you that if that capitalism, if you're just totally invested in capitalism, you're just you've reduced the human to just a pure human animal mm-hmm. with no project, no belief at all. But that's I don't think that's true. Yeah. I think accumulation can be is a belief. Like you think accumulation can save you. Yeah. And I think he thinks that. Yeah. And I, Paul Ryan, the right yeah, definitely thinks that. So I do want to, I want to mention one last, I want to come up to a filmic oh, yeah, sure. example, which is, uh, which is unfortunately another film by Christopher Nolan. Cause we talked about Memento, I think in terms of, um, what do we talk about in terms of the ethics, ethics of psychoanalysis, I think, or sexual, or sexual difference, sexual difference, sexual difference. Sorry. Yeah. Sexual difference. Yep. Sorry. yeah. Um, and I think, to me, the best film about the non-duped air and the necessity of submitting to the symbolic fiction is his film, The Prestige, which I think is his magnum opus. I know people might say memento, but I feel like it's one of those things where if you're a really a Nolan fan, you know that it's prestige. Yeah, no. And if you kind of know Nolan, you'd say memento. And if you really don't know much, say you'd say Dark Knight. Yeah. Right. No, but right. I, I, so that's the... Yeah. That's pretty good. I think you're totally right. Prestige I, is his um, magnificent octopus, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my joke. You're that's, funny. That's, 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 yeah. from Black, that's a Black Adder yeah. reference, hopefully. So hopefully, okay. hopefully somebody listening uh, catched, caught that. But anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. But what's what's fascinating about that, and I think this comes back to the whole form content thing in another way, yeah. is that. It's not, although the figures in the film are duped all the time and it doesn't really help them. The duping is for the spectator. Right. The spectator all along, you're constantly duped into thinking one thing and then another. The one way it works out in the content is the magician. Mm -hmm. So the magician creates an illusion and then being able to see through the illusion doesn't, it's not like you see the truth then. And, and, and he explains tricks a couple times to people. One time to his wife, Christian Bale plays this Alfred Borden, the magician, mm-hmm. and he's in this competition with the Hugh Jackman figure right. who plays called uh, Angier or the Great Danton. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one time uh, Alfred Borden uh, said, or Christian Bale says to his wife, whose name is Sarah in the film, he says, she says, how do you tell me how you do the trick? And he finally explains it. And she's like, well, there's really not much to it when you, when you know. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he said, I never should have told you. <laughs> he said, that's why we never reveal the trick. Yeah. And then they're watching this, I think he's Chinese, Chinese magician who um, can make a fish, a huge fishbowl filled with water mm. appear from under between his legs. Mm. Do you remember this scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Yeah. And they're like, what's the trick? And then they watch him. He's this older guy. And he's walking out to the carriage and he can barely walk. And Christian Bale looks at him and he goes, that's the magic act. Oh, so nice. the magic act is because he walks so slowly that when he's up in, on the stage walking like that, you don't realize he's holding the bowl between his legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's, a fa- it's just fascinating that the magic is sustaining that fiction all the time mm-hmm. in order to then have the thing have the magic really work when you get on stage. And then Christian Bale says this great line. He's like, the world is, the world is solid all the way through. And he, he knocks on the, on the, the, the concrete of the building. Yeah. And he's like, it's the only way we get beyond all this. Mm. And I think, so that I, I love that idea mm, that mm. it's through the creation of the fiction that you actually produce something that goes beyond just the bare, materiality of our existence right and it is the investment in that that Correct. saves one from uh, from the, the 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 cynicism that might otherwise right. develop right. that there is like that there is nothing that it's all it's all fake that it's all artifice and it's like it's right. like yes it is but it's it is through this Correct. that there is meaning. To, yeah like the magic acts right great and in order, of that yeah so i love the example and in order to watch the film correctly 
you have to allow yourself to be duped all along the way. Yeah, right. And then, and then, and then, you know, that's what it means to be a correct spectator. And I'm almost tempted to say that's a lesson from prestige that you can take to other films as well, yeah. that being a correct spectator means letting your, so I think the worst cynical response to films is this. Oh, I could see yes. all along yes. where it was going to go. Like this is the response to this film, Us, right. which <laughs> just a little, little, little teaser. teaser we're going to talk about maybe next time. Yeah. Um, that, that I feel like that's, so I was at, I was at Prestige or I talked to him afterward with a colleague of mine, Dave Jenneman. I think he'd be happy that I'm saying this because he was proud that he said, I figured out that film in the first five minutes. So it, it sucks. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I thought, wow, that's like, you should not be allowed to be a film well, professor. What's interesting is he no longer is a film professor. So, so that, that was the, those are the seeds of doubt. Well, it's this thing, it's this thing that I say, I don't, I, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast, so I apologize to anybody if I have. Um, uh, but I, I say this to my students that like the fundamental the fundamental appeal of, of, of cinema and this is the, you know, is that it's not real, but you think that right. it is right. like you, like you, you, there's a more extreme version of gentlemen. Like I, like I tend to, like I tend to cry at like, like, like sometimes they make like these really like weepy trailers and like, it'll get to me, especially if it's a yeah. kid's movie or just like, or I think Christmas movies, you confess like they always get to me. But if you, if you, if we're in the theater and, and, and someone leaned over to me, like, as I'm like, you know, weeping at uh, the ending to a Pixar movie or whatever. And then someone was just like, yo dude, those are voice actors and it's computer graphics. That's not real. Right. Like that, right. like horrible, hor- like that person's literally correct, but they're very, very wrong, you know? Like, very wrong. And, yeah. and it, it's, you have to be wrapped up in, I mean, cinema is a perfect example. You have to be wrapped up in the fiction and in that, in that belief, or, or else, you, you the only, I, like you know, it can't be. So the only reason, the only reason why somebody would say like, oh, I figured it out early, like it's not good, is because other people really like that thing, and they're and they're, they're right, they and right. they're and that's just a cynical position that has there's and there's no project because there's no what's the next step. Whereas for someone, well, who, it requires the people who are wrapped up in it exactly to to to, to undermine, but it also doesn't allow you to see the way in which film can actually transcend the world outside and find a new way to interact with that world exactly. outside. If you submit to its fiction. Exactly. You, right? If you, if, if your point, if, and again, just tiny, tiny preview, but like if your uh, position on a film like us is like, Oh, I figured it out in a half hour, then you miss any political point it's making. And you have restricted yourself from the, like the, the, the change, the, uh, the philosophical or critical thinking change that uh, an art object like that could offer you. Like you have just, I, I, I think up. that's true. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely right. And I feel like that's why you, there's almost a kind of like, you have to, like you cannot engage in this suspicion. Like you have to, you have to kind of, there's a little sacrifice of your intelligence, I think when you submit to, <laughs> yeah, and I think bit, actually I Dave Gentleman. Dave Gentleman is smarter than me, and I feel like that's why I like him, but he's smarter than me, and I feel like that's why he couldn't fully submit in the same way. You know, like he just, he couldn't turn off that, how smart he was to just submit to the fiction. Because you think you're giving something up, but really you're getting so much more. I agree. I think that's always true. So what's the lesson, Ryan? The lesson is watch the prestige. (laughs) Very good. All right, over and out, Ryan. Over and out. (laughs) 